for the Vault Studio, this is the NFL Podcast, proudly presented by U.S. Sports Gear. Here are your hosts, James Arthur, Chris Bryan, and Richard Garraway. Hello and welcome to the Vault Studio NFL Podcast. I'm your, I'm your host, James Arthur, and joining me as always for our preview show, it's Chipper. How are you, mate? I'm good, James. How are you? Happy Grand Final Eve. Yes, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I'm actually going to the game tomorrow, so I'm lucky enough to get a ticket. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it should be a good day. But I think I think everyone in Melbourne's pretty much a Tigers fan tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to support the Tigers. It's been so long for them. I'm just. But I'm expecting a good game. Um, all I can say to you is, if Richmond are in doubt, or if they're uh, down convincingly at the end of the fourth quarter. Just get out of there as soon as you can, and um, and make yourself safe. Go go to a go to a safe house or something because it's there's going to be a riot. <laughs> yeah, it uh, might not be the nicest ending. We'll we'll have to see where it goes. But we are fortunately here for NFL talk. Um, yes. I guess we can start with the game that was played today. The Green Bay Packers absolutely wiping. The Chicago Bears, thirty-five to fourteen. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, do we really need to talk about it? I mean, it was um, it was such a one-sided contest. Um, Green Bay just looked like Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson, what injury? He had a sensational game. Randall Cobb uh, wound back the clock. Um, they've just got weapons everywhere. Um, there is a bit of a concern with Ty Montgomery. He went out in the first quarter um, with what's suspected to be broken ribs. Um, but Jamal Williams came in. He also got injured. And um, their third stringer, Jones, he, he battened down the hatches. He, he did well. Um, the only concern for the Grandma Packers, like I said, would be Montgomery. But apart from that, they, they just had a perfect day. Chicago, I'm just really worried about Mike Lennon. Um, look, just start Mike Trubisky next week. You got nothing to lose as a as a as John Fox. Um, the Bears fans would love to see him out there. He's more a conservative quarterback. I just prefer him over Glennon, who's had his um had his chances, and I just don't think he's going to be the type of quarterback to lead any team to a to to playoff contention. What about you? What do you think, James? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is. I thought Glennon's been okay the last couple of weeks. Certainly when they run the ball really well, he looks a lot better. But now last week they ran the ball well, and but he completed one pass to a wide receiver. You can't win doing that in the NFL. And people say, oh, well, he doesn't have anyone, or you know, he lost some guys to injury. Well, it's the NFL. Go and find guys that can get it done. And it's not an excuse at that level. Yeah, your receiving core might not be as good, but an excuse of not having... A wide receiver get a catch last week or one catch last week. That's not good enough. And this week was a little better, but they couldn't run the ball as well. And you know, I saw a great tweet that was, you know, Mike Lennon's skill sets are always great for playing from behind, which was, you know, obviously a bit of sarcasm there. He's just <laughs> he's not that good a football player. And they're paying him a lot of money, but you've done it now. You've you've got to put this young guy in and see what you get out of him. And like who have they got next week? Chicago Minnesota at home next week, you know. It's Big really, divisional rivalry. Not really a great week to start, but then you've got at Baltimore, Carolina, and at New Orleans. So, you know, is there really a good week in the NFL to start, you know, to start a guy? At some point, they're going to have to bite the bullet, and, you know, until then, they're going to struggle, in my opinion. Yeah, look, um, just just to touch on the wide receiver conundrum, look, there, I think... I'm not even a Bears fan, and I'm frustrated. Kevin White. I don't think he'll. I think he's a bust. He will never be a wide receiver, a good wide receiver, or the wide receiver that they drafted him to be. But I always use the example when people talk about, or when fans talk about, um, a lack of depth at wide receiver. Tom Brady has had mediocre wide receivers for so long. He's made players. He's made Julian Edelman. He's made Danny Amendola. He's just made these really efficient, productive slot receivers. Um, yes, he had Randy Moss for a couple of years and broke the TD and wide receiver TD record. Yes, now he's got Brandon Cooks. But there, there have been times where he's been stuck with next to nothing and he's made players out of them. And that's what I see with me. That's why I think they're so good because they play within a system. Now, if you got Mike Flennon, he, he's just not that good a quarterback to make good wide receivers out of this core. 
That being said, they've got Kendall Wright, and I really rate Kendall Wright. I've always liked him. I liked him at Tennessee. He's just one of those good red zone targets. I think he was. I think he scored the the lone touchdown for the day. But he's just a strong body. He's just a tall body, and he, he's just one of those that I really like. And yes, they're, they're they've lost a couple through injury. I think Cameron Merritt through injury long term. But um, like I said, I, I don't like excuses for for lack of wide receiver depth. Um, I just think if you're a good quarterback, you make with what you have. Yeah, exactly. Especially at this level. There's plenty of players out there. Go and find someone. Uh, we'll get into our, our game previews. We'll start with our category C or the don't bother category, as, as we like to call it. Uh, we got the Carolina Panthers at New England. What's your takeaways from this game? Oh, look, it's it, it just looks... Too one-sided to me. It's at Foxborough. There's one offense firing. There's another one that's seriously in trouble. Um, Cam Newton injured. Everyone thinks he's playing injured. Um, we know that he has played through injury, but there's just something seriously wrong about him. He's got a QB up 25.6. Now, out of the 33 quarterbacks um, in the league, he's had a ranking of 30. And he's also ranked 28th in quarterback DBOA. So it just shows that um, he's got he's a talent. But I don't think that he's there at the moment. He might be regressing, to be quite honest. And his his um, defense is up against a New England team that found their rhythm uh, over the last two weeks. They had New Orleans Saints two weeks ago, and everyone knows what their defense is like, their past defense. But they come up against Houston, who is a pretty solid defensive unit, and they they came away with thirty plus points. And obviously that uh that miracle drive by by the goat. Obviously, um, Brandon Cooks finally broke out as well. He had five receptions, 131 yards, two TDs. Um, look, it just just on that side, it just looks too one-sided when comparing the offenses. Um, yes, New England have inconsistencies on defense and have leaked points, especially against the Houston team that um, only scored one touchdown against Cincinnati uh, two weeks ago. But uh, I think their offense sort of cancels out their defense. And also Greg Olsen is a huge, huge loss for the Panthers. I think you can put anyone in there, but Greg Olsen was, has been the man for so long in that position. How long is he out for? He's on IR, so he oh, might God. be out for the season. Yeah, um, okay. He's just a, a huge loss. Um, and he was Cam Newton's safety valve ever since he was drafted to the Panthers as well. So uh, Calvin Benjamin's having his uh, inconsistencies as well. Uh, that being said, New England, I'll put it down. New England's by two touchdowns. But my fantasy tip is a little left center. I said it last week, didn't really fire, but I still think Christian McCaffrey has a chance to have a, a good fantasy game, especially in PPR leagues. Um, up against a New England team that obviously struggles against pass-catching running backs. So I think he might have a big game. So we'll leave that game. That's done. New England, lock it in. Put in your eliminator if you don't already have New England. Um Next game, Jacksonville at the New York Jets. This might have some flavor to it, James. Yeah, it's. I I am so confused about the Jaguars at the moment. You know, they've got the number one pass defense DVOA. They've got eight takeaways, which is third in the NFL. Um, Jalen Ramsey's been you know quite un, underrated at this point of the season. He's been a really really good football player, and I really like AJ Boye, who they signed from the Houston Texans last year in free agency. I think they've both been really good. But they're going against the Jets, who are terrible. They're, they're not great. Don't get excited by their win last week at over Miami. I still don't think they're very good. Um, if Bortles plays like he played last week in London, uh, they will win this game pretty handily. They're a much better team. The only thing that could save them is that it's at New York, but I can't see that affecting the game too much. And I think the only guy I wanted to have a shout-out to from the Jets is Jamal Adams, who's the rookie safety, got an 84.5 PFF grade in his rookie year, which is 12th of all safeties, which is which is pretty impressive. So maybe the Jets have finally got a defensive back right in the first round. Hallelujah. Oh, he could be great. I've got the Jaguars by 17, and... Uh, who's your fantasy tip for the game? Um, my fantasy tip is another one left to send. It's Alan Hearns. Uh, he's actually had a very good couple of weeks since Alan Robinson went down with that uh, ACL. He's up against a poor pass defense, and he might be against Buster Screen in the slot. 
Um, and Jamal Adams might play on the opposite side to him. So keep your eyes out for Alan Hearns. Sneaky. If you've got him in fantasy or if he's in your waiver wire, pick him up. Um, obviously, uh, he might be a free agent by this time. Um, I might want to point out as well, I don't know how big a loss this might be, but Jalen Ramsey did not participate in practice today. It might just be a precaution, James, but it's one to definitely look, look for. Yes, it's against a new a New York uh, pass offense that's not flash, but still Jalen Ramsey, um, to me, he's the most underrated player in the uh, in the NFL, not only quarterback, but in the NFL. So he, he might be a big loss. Um, player management, who knows? Yeah, that would be a massive loss for them. He's been pretty important. I, I I think you'd know if it was a serious injury. I think he'll play, but it's never good to be missing practice. Uh, the next game, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals, a you know, fairly underwhelming divisional game here. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, San Francisco showed some signs, some promise last week against the Rams. It was a very entertaining game, probably the best Thursday night game I've ever watched. Um, they were very good, uh, but, but their defense, as you see, they still leak uh, passing yards. They still leak rushing yards. Uh, they're just not there yet, and Larry Fitzgerald will be coming up against them after such a strong outing against Dallas. Um, 13 receptions, 149 yards in a TD. He's like a fine wine, James, just gets better with age. Um, he's passed two games at home to the 49ers as well, 29 receptions. 266 yards and two TDs. So 133 yards and one touchdown out of 14 and a half receptions a game. That That's um, that's unbelievable. Um, he might do that again, I feel. Um, uh, it's just up against a really, really poor uh, defense. Uh, you've also got Pierre Garçon against Patrick Peterson. It might be a fun matchup to watch them two on the offensive side for the 49ers. Um, and we'll give a, a small uh, shout-out to their offensive line. Very underrated when it comes to the running game. They block for Carlos Hyde really well, um, but they do struggle with the pass. They've, they've already allowed 10 sacks, which is equal fifth in the NFL. And they're 28th in adjusted sack rate. So it, it just it doesn't look too good for them on the pass rush um, and the pass protection. Um, but that being said, it, it, it is at Arizona. That might look a bit one-sided as well. I've got the Cardinals by 10. And your fantasy tip, James? Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald's a good one. He destroyed the Cowboys last week. He was excellent. Um, he seems ageless. So, yeah, if you've got him in your team, I'd, I'd definitely throw him in there for the, for the start. Yeah, definitely. And just a, another shout-out to DeForest Buckner as well. Yes, their defense is poor, but he's been a shining light. 90.2 PFF grade, very versatile. Um, he's third-ranked of all interior defenders. So he's a very, very good player. And that's a, uh, great, it's a great line. If they can get Armstead and then the Aussie Solomon Thomas all pumping, that could turn into a very, very good front seven extremely quickly. Yes, um, and the Arizona offensive line isn't that flush either. So that might be a contest that might be worth watching. It might be closer than we think. Um, but yeah, I still think the Cardinals because they're at home. Um, we'll go from that game and we'll go to the New York Giants, um, whatever they are, <laughs> 0-3 New York Giants against yeah. uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, it's this is a tough game because I thought the Bucks were incredibly disappointing last week against Minnesota. Winston goes up against a good secondary for the Giants. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. They still don't have Button back, so that's not going to help them at all. I just don't think Winston's playing that well. He, the elite quarterbacks, like, you know, top 10 guys, certainly top five guys, when their running game struggles, they can step up and, and make up for it. And I thought mm -hmm. last week that he couldn't do that and he turns the ball over too much. Um, he's going to have to really clean up his game because the Giants are a very, very good defense. But on the flip side, you've got the worst running attack in the NFL, by far the worst running attack. Um, Odell Beckham looks fairly uninterested. <laughs> like he's, he's, he spends more time... Like Last week, it was hilarious. He, he decided after he scored a touchdown that he'd pretend to be a dog and take a piss, piss. on the... <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles um, oh. end zone. But then on the second one, he decided to stand up and put his fist up and do the solidarity sign from that, you know, the Olympics for the, you know, mm. to get around. Like, wouldn't you, in what world in someone's mind is it 
the first thing you want to do is pretend to act like a dog and take a piss. Like he's just such a show pony. Like he just doesn't. Like him standing up and putting his fist up, it was just so choreographed. Like he's not doing it because that's what he feels like. He's doing it because he knows people will get it'll get clicks and people will like it. Because do you think he's do you think do you think he's fielding offers, James? I feel like he's fielding offers. I don't know. Like at this point, why would he want to stay in New York? Yeah. Like he's yeah. Unless they make him the highest paid player ever, which they possibly will. But it's just I don't know. I just I think he's a very very good football player, and I'm not judging him on his football. But in terms of a person, he just doesn't come across as a incredibly intelligent guy. It's all about him. It's always about him and. That doesn't work in the NFL. You want to win Super Bowls and whatnot, you've got to try and be part of a team. Yeah, I, th- I think he just um, he demands the attention. I'm surprised his last name isn't Kardashian, to be honest. He just <laughs> strives for the attention. We saw last year. When was it? When he kicked the um, when he kicked the the, the field net. goal net, yep. and then he went on his knees a week a week later and proposed to it. Like you don't want that kind of publicity on your team and around that play. He's, he's an exceptional player on talent alone. He's definitely top two in the league um, or even top three. But um, you don't make the game about yourself. You're in a team sport and I just don't like that he does that. I'm a real team player kind of person. I'm a real humble person. I love players that just go about their business, take the uh, they they give the limelight to someone else, and I, if I was the an owner of a franchise, he'd probably be one that I just would not even hesitate to to touch. Um, yeah, that being it's, said, it's certainly uh, he's uh, he's not attractive to me in any way. If I was hmm. signing guys now, obviously his play is incredibly attractive, but as a person, like you know, he's just not attractive. Uh, look, all that being said. Um, Quan Alexander and Levante David are looking like... Levante David's definitely not playing, but if Alexander doesn't play, that's a huge loss for them. But I think yes. the Bucks are going to bounce back. I don't think the Giants... I think they're going to quit. I think that's what a team like that will do. I think they'll quit on the season. At 0-3, it's very unlikely they make playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how they come back, but Bucks at home, I'm going to take them by 13. I think their offense, the Giants' offensive line is not going to be good enough against you know, a, a pretty good Tampa Bay front. And my fantasy tip, a little cheeky fantasy tip, is Jaquiz Rogers because uh, their run defense has been a little bit suspect and with their offense struggling so much, teams will have the ball a lot and they can get some good numbers. Uh, the next game, we've got the Indianapolis Colts going into Seattle. Um, this, this is... I, I love your first comment here. Could go two ways. An absolute blowout, I assume, to Seattle or a low-scoring snooze fest. How do you see this game? Exactly what you just said, James. I'm not even going to... The only reason why I'm going to tune in to look at the scores is because I have Jimmy Graham on one of my fantasy teams. That's that's it. Um, both running games are terrible. It's all about the pass for them. Indiana's ranked 27th in rush DVOA. Seattle's ranked 20th in rush DVOA. But at least Seattle have a running back. At least they found Chris Carson, who's got a PFF grade of 80.5, which is ranked 6th in in the NFL, which is not too bad. So they, they, I think they've phased out Eddie Lacy completely. Thomas Rawls isn't the player they thought um, he'd be. And CJ Procise might just be that, that third down back. Um, Chris Carson looks a steal. Um, and Seattle's offensive line stuffed rank is dead last as well. So if, if Indiana get a solid running back, so if they get, if, if Frank Gore actually performs or Robert Turbin um, and who knows Mullen Mack was inactive last week he might play this week but if they really exploit Seattle's uh, defense and on the flip side if Seattle's offensive line can hold up against Indianapolis's defensive line there might be a chance their stuff to rank is dead last Seattle which 33% of the time they get stuffed at the scrimmage line. So it's almost a negative one to plus one yards gained. And yeah, like I said with Indianapolis, let's hope there is a running back that can get back on track. I think Frank Gore has reached the cliff. I don't know about you, James. I just don't think he's he's past 32, 33. What are your thoughts on Frank Gore? 
I think if in certain situations he's very valuable, like if you need a, a two-yard gain for a first down, I think that's the guy you want running the ball. But in terms of him being a, a standalone running back, I think his days are gone. And they really need to help him out by having someone to rotate with him so he doesn't have to take the bulk of the carries and you can use him in situations that you know he can be more effective in. Um, I think he will retire at the end of this season and he's had a terrific career. So, but yeah, I think he's definitely starting to wind down. Yeah, um, like you said, he could be that that quarter that running back. Sorry, that that punches it in. He like a Mike Tolbert. Yep, remember him? Yep. Punched it in for the Panthers every now and then. Uh, vultured t- uh, TDs off Jonathan Stewart. Could be that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, look, I'll move to Jacoby Brissett now. Um, he had a great game last week. He he faced a, a defense that that's young and inexperienced, but still two rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. He was very very good. So um, if you picked him up in your fantasy team and you went with the punt, good on you. Uh, nice work. Um, but he's going to take on a Seattle defense that's obviously experienced. They've got the Legion of Boom. Um, they don't they don't screw around. They're going to understand what his strengths are, and they are going to pounce on them and. Really, really studied Jacoby Brissett. Um, they were probably cloggy scrambling lanes. And that being said as well, Indianapolis has also conceded 11 sacks so far this season, which is equal third in the league. And if you've got players like Bobby Wagner, and if you've got uh, Earl Thomas and, and, and Richard Sherman uh, with the quarterback blitz, like it could get ugly. Um, and that's why I've got the Seahawks by three touchdowns. And... My fantasy tip is a little a little sneaky one. Again, he hasn't had a good season so far, but I'm going with Jimmy Graham. And the reason is that the Colts are ranked 26 in defensive pass DVOA against tight ends this season. So they give up a fair chunk of yards and at crucial times um, really uh, forget to nullify the tight ends. So he could be in for a big game, especially in the red zone. But that that that's done. Um, I think we're going to move on to the the category B. Don't mind yeah. uh, games now. So you got don't bother, don't mind, and A is don't miss, which is which is uh, very nicely said. So the first game is a is a second London game for the year. New Orleans at Miami. It could be a bit of a shootout, James. Yeah. Look, I think one of the takeaways I got from this game is that New Orleans like to throw the ball downfield. And that's been Miami's biggest weakness so far. Um, you know, I think Saints' offensive line versus Miami's defensive line could be interesting. The Saints' offensive line has struggled the last few weeks. If it wasn't for Drew Brees, I think they'd be a lot worse. Uh, and then on the other side, you've got Jay Cutler, who last week they lost the game because they couldn't run the ball. Jay Cutler's not a guy that you can have carry a team and we're not on his own. He needs help around him. So I think going up against a, a pretty poor New Orleans pass defense, which are rated ranked 25th in DVOA. Um, I think that could be a pretty good game. In saying that, though, Cutler's only been only had a QBR of 42, which is 26 out of 33 quarterbacks, which isn't very good. Um, you know, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks ever. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think this game is decided, though, by JGIA. If... The Miami Dolphins can run the ball well, and JJ can get some yards and get some touchdowns. Though we'll be able to take care of them. Uh, and the big one is Lawrence Timmons has been reinstated. He's travelled with the team, and he's expected to play in London, yes. which is pretty big news for them. It is huge news for them because week one they he he just left on Saturday on the the day before their first game. He was nowhere to be seen, which is odd for me. Um, if this happened, if this happened in the AFL, he would have gotten a, a team suspension of about, you know, almost half a season. But because it is the NFL and it's a money-making business, they really want this their prized free agent and new recruit on the field as soon as possible. So he's gone. He's expected to play in London, and it could be um, something that can really spark Miami's defense because we know how good he is. That being said, who do you think will win? Margin. Uh, I'm going to take a shootout. I'm going to take the Dolphins by seven. I think their running game is just going to be a bit better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have them 38, 38 to 31. So it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game in London. 
I'm the last thing I wanted to say about this game is I'm really curious about Adrian Peterson. They did not see him at practice the other day. He didn't come out with the team. He didn't train with the team. He didn't exit with the team. I'm very, very interested to see what's going on there. I think there's some real trouble, and I think you'll find he'll be on another team at some point in the next couple of weeks. Do you think, should a team like an Indianapolis or a team that really struggles to have a good running back, should they just trade, should they just trade or offer a trade Maybe a seventh, eighth rounder for Adrian Peterson because they've got nothing to lose for the season. They know they're going to be bottom of the division or close to. Why not just take a punt on Adrian Peterson? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. They obviously don't want him there. The, Sean Payton's not playing him. Teams like the Giants, the Colts, um, even like good teams like the Dolphins, the Cowboys. Imagine having Adrian Peterson behind Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if it's if you only have to give up a sixth or seventh round pick for him, he's not getting paid that much. He's only on a one year deal. I don't understand why anyone wouldn't go in. Now, maybe teams are trying. Maybe New Orleans don't want to deal him and they're saving him for later in the season. They're going to use him to kind of... But so far, what I've seen is he's not as good a running back as Ingram. Or, you know, we haven't seen that, but they don't like him as much as they like Ingram and they don't like him as much as they like Alvin Kamara. So I don't see the point in having him. Someone needs to go in and make them an offer and just try and get him off that roster and uh, see, if he can be ver- see if he can be used again. Because right now... We don't know what he is anymore, but he's being wasted one way or the other. We either need to find out if he's finished, he's finished, but we need to find that out. The amount they're using him, we can't. Do you think the reason why teams are hesitating to put in an offer is because of his history? We know that he's had a history, won't go into it, um, a lot of NFL players have had off-field issues, but do you think that might be something that's holding a lot of uh, owners back? Well, possibly. you, you because he did struggle to get signed. Like, it took a few days for, you know, New Orleans to sign him. And it's not like he got, he, not like he got paid a ton of money. Um, he was a pretty fair deal for, a, for that guy. So, yeah, possibly there are teams that would um, look away from him. But I think there's also teams that, you know, once a guy gets old, running backs go off the cliff. And maybe he's off the cliff. He was terrible in Minnesota last year and then got injured a lot. And... You know, maybe there's a reason Sean Payton isn't playing him. You know, you have to understand in the NFL, all these guys know each other. So when an owner calls New Orleans or, you know, a coach calls Sean Payton and goes, hey, what, what's going with Adrian Peterson? And he goes, look, he's not looking great. They're going to talk about this stuff. So it's, you know, they see him more than anyone. But I don't, I don't think that off-field stuff would be too big a deterrent for them. But you never know in the NFL. Image is very, very big. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. It's ridiculous he's on a team. Um, we'll head over to our... Sorry, the, your fantasy tip was Michael Thomas. Miami is 28th against wide receiver ones in 2017. So, could be a big game for him and what we think is going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, the next game we've got Buffalo at Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, in my opinion, were very lucky to get away with a win last week. Whereas Buffalo looked pretty strong again. Uh, how do you see this one going? Well, look, it's it's going to be a good battle, a very good defense versus a very good offense. And the one matchup that I'm really looking forward to watching in this game is Julio Jones versus Trey Davies White. Uh, I feel like Trey Davies White is in the running and a standout leader for uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, he's ranked 10th of all cornerbacks in a PFF grade with 84.1. Jones is ranked second of wide receivers. Uh, with a PFF grade of 88.4. We know how good Julio Jones is. Um, Tredavious White, though, he's very versatile. He's very athletic, and it could be a really fun matchup to watch. Um, but I, I will put into perspective what the the, foul, the firepower that the Falcons have and the depth they have at wide receiver. Should Julio Jones get nullified by White, they've still got two other players in the top 25 in the NFL in regards to PFF grade as wide receivers. So Jones is ranked second, Muhammad Sanu is ranked 15th, and Tyler Gabriel is ranked 24th. So their depth is unbelievable. Um, and they've also, let, let's, you know, we can call Devontae Freeman a wide receiver if we want. Um, he's also a stud. But they're, they're, taking a Bills, they're taking on a Bills pass defense that looks to be really big time. It's up there with Denver, in my opinion. They're ranked third in DVOA. They've only allowed 203 yards per game, which is ranked the ninth least. Um, 
But to me, it, it's going to be all about the running games in this game. And, and Buffalo really strive on the zone run, and, and they just they just strive off of that because their wide receiver depth is obviously um, a bit cut. And Tyrod Taylor, just I don't think he's a very good quarterback. So they rely heavily on LaShawn McCoy. And he's been pretty underwhelming this year. He's ranked 33rd out of 35 running backs in the NFL in DBOA. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet. And he's facing an Atlanta run defense that's only allowed 85 yards per game. So even though they've got a run DBOA ranked 31st, um, which may suggest that in different situations in the game, they do give up the crucial yards on the ground. They, They still give up under 100 yards. So I don't know. Um, he, he he's definitely a barometer for Buffalo uh, because Tyrod Taylor isn't. He, he's been underrated so far this year, but he just doesn't have that that game winning mentality. He's he's ranked fourth of all QBs in a PFF uh, grade of eighty five point four. Um, he's got a QBR fifty nine point six, which is ranked tenth, so it's not too bad. Um, but he uses his scrambling well, and that's why he sort of ups his PFF grade a lot because of his scrambling efforts. Um, but you're a quarterback, you need a throw. And I think he, he I, you said it perfectly on Monday in your review show. On the run, if you play play action and scramble, you need to throw on the run and you need to hit your targets on the run. And I just don't think he has that. So he sort of cancels his quarterback abilities. Um, but they are taking, and he is taking on Atlanta, who's ranked 30th in past defense DVOA. So that could be exploited. Um, it will help an offensive line that's struggling bar Richie Incognito. But if he gets some quick slants out, um, you know, anything can happen. That just just said, quietly, I, I know you just mentioned, mentioned Richie Incognito. Mm. How good is this guy playing? Like, this is a guy who, after the incidents he had in Miami, people thought he'd never play again. He's come back into the league. He, After never being an issue before, I know there was that issue that came up, which in my opinion... It was blown out of proportion. I think Incognito mm-hmm. got blamed for things that, you know, we've been part of football teams and stuff before. There's stuff that goes mm-hmm. on that if you release it to public and let everyone tell everyone what happens, anyone could look bad. You know, <laughs> like that. That's just what football clubs are like. That's what being in a team's like. Um, the fact that his teammate sold him out and made him look really bad when he didn't think it was an issue. Um. I think that made him look really bad. But then he's come back into the league for Buffalo and he's been nothing but an under-the-radar superstar at guard. Like, he's one of the best guards I've ever watched play. Oh, he's he's exceptional. I think that might be just a, t- a turn of, of generations and society. I mean, um, Richie is an old guard. He was brought up a different way. Maybe he just loved, you know, hazing the rookies. And now you've got players coming in a bit like, they're a bit more oversensitive and um, maybe they just don't take it the right way. And I think that's how um, that rookie took it. I forgot his name, James. It was, um, it was Roger Saffold. That's right, yes. Yeah, and I think yes. he's, he's, um, at, maybe, he's yeah. at the Rams he, now. He just, yeah, he's at the Brands now. I, I did, <laughs> uh, to be honest, when you just said that he's at the Browns. No, the, the Rams, I, the Rams, sorry. Oh, Rams, sorry. Rams, yeah. Um, I didn't even think he was still playing, so there you go. Well, he, he um, had a bit of a hiatus and then decided that um, he wanted to get paid money, so he came back. <laughs> well, yeah, like I was saying, Incognito was brought up at a different time, so was he. Um, he probably just took the hazing differently. Richie went out, I remember. Um, I listened to the First Take podcast when this was a big issue, and you know, half said, oh, that's not on, but half said, look, that's what happens in clubs, like you said, James. We've been in teams before that have done this, the hazing. You just cop it on the chin and you move on. Um, if you sort of complain to your coach, you might be seen as a as a bit of a whinger. You might you might actually lower the team morale in that case. So, but Rich Incognito went there. He went to Buffalo from Army, and um, he's an absolute star now. Um, he hasn't put a foot out of place for two, three seasons. He's been elite. Um, and what's and- what's your prediction for this game then? Yeah, I've got I've got the Bills in an upset by three. To be honest, I know it's I know it's at Atlanta, but I really like the Bills. And my fantasy tip is another left center uh, pick, Jordan Matthews. He's a good slot receiver. He could exploit the middle. Um, I'm not saying 100 to 150 yards. I'm saying 60 to 90, one TD. Um, he could be a nice avenue for 
Tyro Taylor to just throw that quick slant out, like I said. So I'll move on for that. We'll go to another. We'll go to a, a divisional rivalry, an AC North divisional rivalry. Um, the Bengals against the Browns at Cleveland. Um, talk to me about this, James. Uh, sorry, I've lost my spot. The Bengals at the Browns. Did you say? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yeah, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Look, I want to see how Dalton plays in this game because the Browns have been, although we didn't think they'd be any good, they've been incredibly disappointing for my mind. Uh, you know, it's a divisional game. I just, I, I just don't think Dalton is playing very well. I think he's been a real reason why they've struggled so much. Uh, put into it, you know, put into perspective as well, their offensive line is is pretty bad. But on the flip side, you're going against a Browns defense that have been terrible this year. Uh, <laughs> they had just not a good unit, and they need to get Garrett. They need to get Miles Garrett out there. I know he's still a couple of weeks off, but they really are missing an edge rusher. I think <laughs> this game really, you could close your eyes and and throw a dart at a board and to pick. But it's amazing. Out of the two quarterbacks in this game, Dalton and Kaiser, Kaiser has almost 10-point better. Well, not almost. It's a 10-point better QBR. Now, it's not great. It's only at 26.6. But compared to Dalton's 16.6, I think that, I think that's a, a no-brainer for why the Bengals have been so bad. Uh, I think this game's going to come down to the running game. Cincinnati allowing 129.7 yards per game so far, which is the seventh most. We're on the flip side. Cleveland only allow 87.7 yards per game. Now it's early. That's a 14th. Um, Isaiah Crowell last year against Cincinnati in two games had 176 yards and a touchdown at 8.3 yards per carry. So he's certainly um, been outstanding. Uh, you, I see you've tipped Isaiah Crowell to be your fantasy guy. He didn't quite do it for you last week, but you, you're giving him another shot? Yeah, I am. He's in one of my very competitive uh, fantasy teams, and I'm just waiting for him to just finally break out, and this might be the game. Um, he's, a, he's a talent, and I think he's been asking... I think it was last week. He, he went to Hugh Jackson. He said, look, you've got to put the ball in my hands more. I'm, I'm a big game player. I can change a game. I can make the big play. Just put it in my hands. He feels like he, I, I think he just felt like he wasn't getting much of the ball and wasn't of much use in the offense. Uh, so hopefully uh, Hugh Jackson gets the message and, and he gives him more carries. Um, yeah, what's your what's your tip, James? Uh, I'm going to take the Browns by three. I think Cincinnati are reeling. I think Marvin Lewis is going to be fired at some point this season. I think that they need to blow it up and start again. And the Browns, although they have been disappointing, they haven't played terrible. Like, you know, they only just lost to Pittsburgh about a couple of good games. So I think they're finally going to put it all together. They're at home. I think they're going to have a big win in the in the factory of sadness, as some people would call it. Um, <laughs> the mistake by the lake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next game, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore. I am perplexed with this game because both of them are coming off shocking and unexpected losses. Pittsburgh to Chicago and Baltimore getting drummed by the Jaguars in London. How do you see this one going? Um, this was probably the hardest game to research and do a rundown for this week, James. It was really like it's one of those divisional rivalries where it could be literally 50 50. One team could be 0 and 4, the other team could be 4 and 0, and the team that's 4 and 0 has the same chance of winning. Um, I've said it for, for years now. Everyone's disagreed with me because he's won a Super Bowl, blah, 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 but I've never, ever, ever rated Joe Flacco. Um, I think he's just been riding on the coattails of a very, very good defense. And he's just showed again last week that he's just not a QB that can take Baltimore to the promised land anymore. He's got a QBR of 24.1, a PFF grade of 67.6, and he's dead last in passing yards per game. Sorry, the the Baltimore Ravens are dead last in passing yards per game because of him, 121.3 yards only per game. Um, It's a mess. He's a mess. Baltimore's running attack is a mess. You had Terrence West, who had a shocker. Javoris Allen, uh, everyone's been waiting for him to break out. He can't get it done. And then they brought in Alex Collins from Seattle. I think he might be the starter. He's the one that's actually looking looking productive. And, yeah, that, that's my take on Baltimore's offense. And Jeremy Macklin, I'm not sure. He, he came off last week hobbling. I'm not sure if he's practiced, James, any word about no, Jeremy Macklin. They're pretty sure he's not. He's 
ruled as doubtful, which is one off being out. So yep, at this gotcha. point, for three game, three days out from a game, doubtful's not a good sign. If he was questionable, I'd be comfortable he's going to play. But doubtful is pretty much saying he's out unless he surprises us. Gotcha, gotcha. But that being said about Baltimore, let's go on the other side. Let's go to the Steelers' offense. What's happening to Le'Veon Bell? Um, we know he's had no preseason. He's had 52 attempts for 180 yards at three and a half yards per carry and only one touchdown so far this season. He's he's facing a very stubborn run defense, regardless of them taking on Jacksonville last week. That might be an outlier. We'll, we'll find out this weekend, but um, it might be another tough game for him. And Roethlisberger, I might be um, pulling putting um, a lot of things on the line here, but he might be reaching a cliff. Um, he, he just hasn't looked himself this year. He's getting older. Um, maybe he's reached the cliff. The only person he's throwing it to, pretty much, is Antonio Brown. They've got—they're almost um, Siamese twins. They—they've just got a good tandem going. Without Antonio, Antonio Brown, where would the Steelers be? Um, but them facing each other since 2015, um, their their stats just almost look identical. They're not overwhelming. Um, and a special shout out. We're keeping, we're shouting out offensive linemen every week, but David DeCastro is one of them. 90.8 PFF grade so far this year. The first of all guards. Been outstanding. Absolutely fantastic. And he's, he does his best work with the run blocks. So maybe this would be a game to put the ball into Le'Veon Bell's hands more and just run behind DeCastro. Um, he's been a favorite. Um, that being said, I've got. The Steelers by a couple of touchdowns, even though it's at Baltimore. The Ravens just have absolutely nothing on offense, and the offense can't win it all for you. We, we saw that. We see that with the Giants this year. You need to have an offense. And my fantasy tip uh, is Jesse James. He had a very good week one game, and Baltimore gave up three touchdowns to Mercedes Lewis last week. So they look to be vulnerable um, against bigger targets in the red zone. So Jesse James, maybe a, maybe a th- uh, throw at the dartboard. Um, apart from that, don't start anyone. Um, and we'll go from the AFC, an AFC North rivalry to an AFC South rivalry. We'll go to Tennessee facing Houston at Houston. James, uh, it's another intriguing battle. Yeah, this one was difficult to leave out of the Category A, in my opinion. I think if Houston had been playing a little bit better uh, or if they got the win last week over the Patriots, it might have been in there. Uh, let's talk about defense, uh, Tennessee's offensive line. Uh, they are absolutely flying. They're third for adjusted line average at 4.75. They're only allowed two sacks. Their rush offense DVOA is second. Taylor Lewan is an 86.6. Josh Klein's at 85.4. And they're blocking for both Murray and Henry, who look to be a really good two-headed monster, facing a defensive yes. line ranked 17th, um, you know, which is, is, a, is pretty good. Bitty. Yeah, and... They, they do have J.J. Watt and Clowney um, and, and Merciless, but this team's tough. I wanted to highlight, uh, we are highlighting offensive linemen tonight, Taylor Lewan, last week when Sherman took a cheap shot on Mariota out, out of bounds, he was very frustrated last week, Sherman. I loved the way Taylor Lewan handled it. Now, I'm pretty sure he got flagged for going in and doing that, but what more do you want from your left tackle who has this persona of being an incredibly tough guy that when someone hits your quarterback, the way he went in there no one would have wanted to line up on him on the next play because he was ready to kill someone and he played his best game maybe of his career last week after that after that cheap shot. Sherman really got under his skin, but it worked in a positive manner. I think he has been outstanding and I just love offensive linemen with that sort of tenacity and, and protectiveness. I think that's a really good quality for an offensive lineman. Yeah, protective instincts is a big one. Um it just shows if an offensive lineman comes into bat for your quarterback, it just shows that they are a, a cohesive unit. They are willing to, to to get a flag for their quarterback if they feel like um, he's been hard done by. I love that play as well. I think you mentioned it on Monday as well, James, and I um, I was listening and I was nodding. I was like, yes, I remember that play. Richard Sherman can get under the skin of a lot of offensive linemen and, uh, and a lot of offenses, but the way Tyler Lewan held, uh, did that, and after that, uh, they, you know, don't mess with us. We're, we're the best offensive line in the NFL, they pretty much said. And, yeah, um, a very, very good player. Very, very good uh, moment. Um, and I just 
should we should we touch on Tennessee's past defense? It, it, they they're almost like the Oakland Raiders in my opinion. Um, James, yep. uh, very good offensive line, very good offense. Past defense though, um, that might be the hole. Yeah, well they've allowed 275 yards per game, which is the sixth most. Um, wide receiver two and tight end have have really killed them, which leaves Bruce Ellington up for a chance to have a big game. Uh, I'm I'm not as concerned in that area. I think they'll get better as the season goes on. Uh, they have played some pretty good teams early on in their schedule. Like we're at Tennessee, they've played Oakland, who are a pretty good passing attack, and the LA Chargers. Is that yeah? The LA Chargers, who again are a fairly good passing attack, um, and Seattle, who because Russell Wilson can scramble and create big plays, they've been tended to have good... And because they can't run the ball, they tend to pass a lot. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, the one I'm concerned about is how they're going to stop Jadavian Clowney, who was outstanding last week, being one of the better defensive players in the league, along with JJ Watt, who all you have to do, if, if you want to see what JJ Watt's all about, go back and watch the first two plays of the game last week against the Patriots. <laughs> he destroyed them, and then it continued for most of the game even though they shuffled pretty much their entire offensive line to block him. Um, Marcus Mariota last year versus Houston, 202 yards, only passed at 44.83%, no touchdowns, one interception, which has been, you know, one of his worst opponents. And on the flip side, Deshaun Watson's got a 64.2 QBR, which is the sixth in the NFL. Uh, He looked really good against the Pats, and I think his scrambling is going to be a big deal in this game. I'm actually going to take the Texans by nine. I'm not sure if people think it's an upset, but at home, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Texans are going to slow down their running attack and make Mariota try and beat them. And I don't think Mariota's quite there yet, and I don't think they have the weapons at this point to do that. Um, Fantasy tip, Bruce Allington getting 50-plus yards and a touchdown. As we said earlier, Tennessee uh, Tennessee have been pretty bad against the second wide receiver. So see if Allington can get going there. Um, We'll head into our next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the LA Chargers. Carson Wentz having a a pretty good second year so far. He is. Um, Before we touch on this game, just quick answer, Winston or Mariota? Mm, Mariota. Yeah, I agree. Um, We we, we touched on Winston um, very early in the segment. Um, You know, it's been two, three years. Mariota just but they've still got some inconsistencies to work on. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll go Eagles and Chargers. Uh, Carson Wentz is having, yeah, very good second year. Uh, we, you discussed in the Monday review that he isn't really special, but I feel like he's holding his offense, his offense well. He's, he's just he's making the, the play that, that keeps the chains moving. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's, he's full, his football IQ, to me, is probably up there with Tom Brady. Um, he's a very, very smart kid. Um, the the offense is 10th for overall offense DBOA. Um, he's got a QBR of 63.7, which is ranked 7th. And he's doing this against, you know, an offensive line that, that really isn't flashed, that we, that we that are rated pretty highly at the start of the year, but they've already allowed 11 sacks. So that, that's a bit of a cause for concern. Another cause for concern is LeGarrette Blunt. Um, he looks to be a loss. Um, I don't know if he is... Ruled out, James? I think he is. Yeah, they, they're thinking he's not going to play um, after being pretty good last week. Again, he's questionable, so it's kind of a 50-50 at this point. It could go either way. Yeah, so a big chance for Wendell Smallwood to step up because we obviously know what happened to Darren Sproles. Probably the unluckiest injury he could ever had. Broke his arm and tore his ACL on the same play. <laughs> that that must be the most excruciating pain, and I don't wish that upon Qu- Quick question on that. My enemies. Is that the end of Darren Sproul's career? For a player that's zippy and, and just has a lot of elusiveness, for him to rupture his ACL, he's going to lose that. And he's 33 years old. Like yeah, I, 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 He might come back, but I don't think he's ever going to be the Darren Sproles that we know and love. No, he'll, he might play a complimentary third down role, but he won't be the same Darren Sproles, like he said. That being said, he's been a very, very underrated running back for, a, for many years. Um, he just didn't reach that next level to be a three down workhorse. He was just a, a very good kick returner, a very good third down pass catching running back and, and got the job done. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's done. Um, so like I said, Wendell Smallwood can step up. Um, he's a pass catching running back that, um, 
could be a smoky to break out if he gets given the keys to the running backs. Um, therefore, um, LeGarrette Blunt was fourth in rush DVOA. Um, so it shows how big a loss he is. And they're up against the Chargers, who are 24th in run defense DVOA, and have allowed 146, almost 147 yards per game, which is the second most. So whoever's going to be that, that running back this week might have a big game. Um, on the flip side, Philly's pass defense. Now, that isn't as strong as I thought preseason as well. They've allowed the seventh most um, yards per game. Um, 266 yards, and both safeties don't don't look strong. Um, so that that might be a cause for concern. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, he he had an okay game, but he's up against the Philly run defense. It's allowed only 75 yards per game and 3.3 yards per attempt so far this season. So it might come down to the running game whoever wins this. But I feel like Melvin Gordon, he's a bit stronger. He's a better running back. And I've got Chargers by 10 in a mini upset, even though it's at the Chargers. And my fantasy tip, Terrell, Tyrell Williams or Travis Benjamin, about 50 to 100 yards, one touchdown, just a solid game, James. Um, so, yeah, mini upset. And um, and that's the end of the Category B games, I think. Yeah, that's our Category B games. What we'll do is, we'll, as we do every week, we'll go to our, our fantasy team for the week in a, um, a standard league. This is just a, a one-week play. Um, let's start with your quarterback. Who have you got there? Um, I'm going to be probably heckled about this a lot on social media. Trevor Simeon against Oakland. Yeah, I don't mind that. Oakland have, have struggled with pass defense. So they give up big plays. Trevor Simeon, you know, he was pretty bad last week, but against a weaker Cowboys secondary, he yes. really tore them apart with good wide receivers. Yes, um, we saw what he did. I think he scored four touchdowns against them. Oakland um, gave almost 400 yards to Kirk Cousins last week. So, big chance for Trevor Simeon to have a big game. Yep, and who, who are your two running backs? Two running backs quickly, James. Uh, Leonard Fanetti against the Jets. And um, a, probably a really common one here, really popular one, Kareem Hunt against Washington. Yeah, pretty solid guys there. And what about your two wide receivers? Two wide receivers. The first one I'll punch in is Larry Fitzgerald against San Francisco. Um, and I'm just thinking about salary caps and everything as well. So I'm going to go Alan Hearns against the Jets, another Jaguar in my team. Yeah, spot on. And your flex, I can see you've got Michael Thomas here um, against Miami who have struggled against wide receivers. I think that's a pretty good call there. Yeah, um, I just think he'll have a he'll have a blinding game. If you've got Drew Brees passing to you, um, you're always due or always have a chance to have a big game. Yep, and what about tight end? Tight end, I threw. Um, I, I said this right off the top of the bat as well in our Priority C game. Jimmy Graham against Indianapolis. Indianapolis's pass defense is poor. Um, red zone target has a big chance to, to have a, maybe a two to three touchdown game. Yep, and quickly your defense and kicker. Yep, your two worst positions. I'll just quickly <laughs> go Tampa Bay Bucks against the Giants and Blair Walsh for Seattle against Indianapolis. They'll be in uh, scoring position almost every um, all game, the Seahawks. Yep. Spot on. Well, I'll read through it again. You've got your quarterback, Trevor Simeon, versus Oakland. Your running backs, the Leonard Fournette versus the New York Jets and Kareem Hunt versus Washington. Wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald versus San Fran. Alan Hearns versus the Jets. Uh, your flex is Michael Thomas versus Miami. Tight end, Jimmy Graham versus Indianapolis. And your defense is Tampa Bay Bucks uh, taking on the New York Giants and the kicker, Blair Walsh. Um, from Seattle against Indianapolis. So pretty solid team there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll get to our final section of games. It's the don't miss section. These are the big ones and a big one off the bat, the Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Huge divisional game here. Oh, it's the biggest game between these two, I feel, for some, quite some time. Um, and the big question is, can they both bounce back from really poor week threes? Um, you've got Derek Carr versus a Denver pass defense that is stout, that is stubborn, that is probably the best in the league still. They only average 189.3 yards. Um, and he's averaged the same. He's averaged around 190 yards per game at 57.5%. A QBR this year so far, 43.9. So it, it's not flash. Um and their run stopping. Everyone talks about their pass defense, their run defense. Let's give them a shout out as well. They've only allowed 59.7 yards, which is unbelievable. So Marshawn Lynch is going to be a real focal point for that defense. And if you stop their pass defense, you'll force Derek Carr to throw it, and that just falls into the Broncos' laps. Um, 
That being said, on the other side, you've got Trevor Simeon. Um, like I said in the fantasy um, segment just then, he's up for a big game. Oakland's pass defense is worrying. 28th pass defense DVOA. They allow 252 yards, which is set ninth most. And no cornerback has a PFF coverage rating of over 80 with their highest being rookie Gary and Conley. So that's a bit worrying as well, that they're not that efficient. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Khalil Mack versus Menelik Watson. So Menelik Watson, the offensive lineman for the Broncos, has a PFF grade of 35.7. And adjusted line yards at right tackle for the Denver Broncos is 17th, which is by far their worst area across the line. Every other every other area is first, fifth, second, third. He's, he's at 17. So... And we know how good Khalil Mack is. He could exploit that. Um, so, But it's at Denver. Um, I just think home field advantage is just a real big one here. And I've got the Broncos going by seven. And like I said, Trevi Simeon, my fantasy tip. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think I want the Raiders to win this game, but I, I just don't think they will. I think Denver at home are a much, much better football team. Um, I tend to agree with you there. We'll move on to our next game. Another really, really good game. Your game of the week. Washington at the Kansas City. These are two offenses firing on all cylinders. Kansas City's pass protection versus Washington's pass rush. Chiefs allowed 12 sacks so far this season, which is the second most. Um, Washington's defensive line have recorded eight sacks, which is equal 10, so pretty solid. You've got Mitchell Schwartz versus Ryan Kerrigan. Um, a big matchup. Schwartz looked to be looks a bit vulnerable there in pass protection. I know that he's been run blocking really well, but his pass protection has struggled on the right side. Um, you've got two cons- reasonably conservative and smart quarterbacks, but it will come down to the running game. Chiefs have the far best O-line in regards to adjusted line yards. Washington's defensive line concedes six most adjusted line yards. That being said, Washington have only 62.3 rush yards per game in 2017, and Kansas City have allowed 111 yards per game. I think the way the Redskins have been giving the ball to Thompson the last couple of weeks, I think the Chiefs are going to shut that down. Um, And then on the other side, you've got Alex Smith, who's yet to record an interception, 77.4 completion rate, which is the best in the NFL by 7%, um, over Jared Goff, surprisingly, who's second. But he has also thrown the ball a lot more downfield. He's made explosive plays, and they've played better teams than, than the Rams. Um, he's looking to become a really good pocket passer. You know, just becoming having a really good twilight of his career by the looks of it. Um, and my tip for the Chiefs by three, and I think Travis Kelsey against Washington's 30th ranked pass DVOA versus tight ends. I think he's going to have a big game and after being reasonably quiet last week. Yeah, agreed. Um, it all comes down to the running backs. Chris Thompson's more a third-down running back, yep. so um, he's not going to be a three-down workhorse. Uh, Robert Kelly, he was inactive last week, and they brought in Perrine to be the number one. He just doesn't look it at the moment. Kansas City already have just a – they've already got a solidified running back with Kareem Hunt, who does it all. Um, and it's at Kansas City, the loudest ground at Arrowhead Stadium in the world, I think. Um, I think the Richmond Raw almost beat it on Saturday Did it night. really? I know they said it would, but <laughs> did it actually beat it? I think, I think the MCG topped 122 decibels when they kicked the first goal. Uh, I think Kansas City, their loudest is at about 140. So I don't know how close 20 it decibels is. is pretty loud. It sounds like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty damn loud. So I think that'll be too much for Washington, even though they're on a bit of a roll. Yep. Um, um, we'll, we'll get to our Detroit at Minnesota, Minnesota game. Uh, a really good game. Detroit should be 3-0. I think you'll agree with me that it was a touchdown. I don't know how. When they crap on about how the... Um, the reviews, they want to go in favour of the ref. The ref called a touchdown. I just don't understand how they overturned that. Not me neither. And you said it perfectly last week, I think, James. I hate when games are decided by referees and kickers. Um, I love when they're decided by kickers that kick the winning field goals. And shout out to Jake Elliott, 61 yards, bloody good effort for a rookie. But this should have been a touchdown. They called it. I don't know why. Insufficient evidence. Um, you just call it as it is, benefit of the doubt. Eh, anyway, we're moving on. That's football. Um, and it looks like Sam Bradford's out for a third week in a row. Um, I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah, it's his, it's his knee. Well, they reckon he's got bone bruising. Um, and he's been ruled out. Now, 
Keenum was very, very good last week. But that's he was terrible the week before. So <laughs> what one are we going to get? Uh, what's your thoughts on Minnesota's wide receivers versus Detroit's pass defense? It's going to be a really fun contest to watch. Look, Detroit have allowed 249 yards per game through the air, but despite the large number, the pass DVOA is ranked fifth. So it proves that they shut down the pass at crucial moments in the game, either in the red zone, at third down, or on their or on their own um, half of the ground. And just a, a quick shout out to their safeties in Glover Quinn and uh, Miles Killebrew. They average 100. Uh, sorry, they average 84.9 PFF grade between them. Quinn is at 89.5 and the second highest ranked safety in the NFL. And they're up against Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, who have combined for 49 receptions, 592 yards, and four touchdowns so far this season. They are by far the best wide receiver tandem so far. Stefan Diggs um, has had all four touchdowns, but Adam Thielen is such a good slot receiver. To me, he's so underrated. I love him. Um, and it's going to be a very, very good contest. Um, and they're up against uh, a, a cornerback in Darius Slay and Glover Quinn, like, who, like I mentioned, who love to attack the ball in the air. And with Case Keenum under center, they have a big chance to take a couple of picks as well. So this could go either way. And whoever makes the big play will make the big play. Um, but it's going to be a fun contest to watch from a neutral point of view. And I just want to shout out again, I love my rookies. I love my drafts. And I just want to shout out Darwin Cook. He's a star, and he will be for some time. They picked him up in the second round. He's had 288 yards, one touchdown through week three. Uh, Minnesota, even though they're ranked 19th in offensive line adjusted yard, line yards, his ability to run effectively is really impressive. And with Case Keenum under centre, it puts more emphasis on his game, and he's taken it. He The last two games, he's been really, really well, so it's been really impressive by him. Um, on the other side, though, we look at the quarterback for the Detroit Lions in Matthew Stafford. He's now the richest quarterback in history, richest player in history. He's, he's top five, every cent. He was worth every cent. Um, He's got a 64.6 QBR, which is ranked fifth, but a PFF grade of 82.4. So it shows that he can do it all. It shows that he's consistent and he's facing a pass defense that's ranked 27th in DVOA and conceded, which had conceded 277 yards in the air, which is the fifth most. So big chance for Matthew Stafford to throw it to players like Marvin Jones um, and Eric Ebron at tight end. Um and Golden Tate, so they might have some big games. Um, and you, and I'm just looking at Minnesota's pass defense and just dissecting it a bit. They do stop the wide receiver one, but like I said, against the wide receiver two and tight end, a la um, Marvin Jones and Eric Ebron, they do struggle. So potential big games for them. And they've got a, a stronger wide receiver core. If they can shut down Diggs and Thielen, um, Cole Rudolph might be the focal point. But it's going to be a nice old-fashioned shootout. But because it is um, a divisional rivalry, it could happen either way. I've got an upset. I've got the Lions to win by 10. And our fantasy tip to be Eric Ebron James. Um, and that leaves us to your team. The last game, uh, the LA Rams at... Dallas. Yeah, I think if um, if someone had said this would be a tier A game before the season started, I think we'd have a laugh. But um, Jared, Co- Jared Goff has proven that that fantastic week one wasn't a fluke. Um, he might be turning out to be a star um, with the number one pick. He's got a 68.5 QBR ranking, which is fourth. He's had five touchdowns, only one interception. And that interception was a, a game-losing interception. But he looks to be building a really strong tandem with Sammy Watkins. And they may have finally found some offensive weapons. Watkins is first in wide receiver DVOA, 13.9 yards per catch um, and an 83.2 PFF grade. Robert Woods has been an outstanding second string. He's had 16 receptions for 169 yards, which is and he's 27th in wide receiver DVOR, 73.4 grade, which is is pretty good for a second guy. Um, and then Gerald Everett, who's the tight end, um, pick 44 in the 2017 draft. He's a 78.7 PFF grade, which is ranked eight of all tight ends. Um, he's a more of a pass catcher. He reminds me a lot of Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. Didn't play last week despite being named active. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays this week. 
Um, on the flip side, Demarcus Lawrence, I think we had a little messenger feed going during the Cowboys game about how <laughs> good he was. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal. He's 93 PFF grade, which is first of all edge rushes, facing up against Rob Havenstein, who has been struggling with a 48.3 grade for pass blocking. That's not a good sign. With what we saw him do to the uh, Cardinals' defense last week, um, it could be massive. Um, can Des Bryant bounce back? That That's the big question for the Cowboys' offense. I think he struggled only 114 receiving yards in three games. I will say his touchdown catch last week was absolutely outstanding. A guy who's not getting the ball a lot to catch that ball and, and just basically not be stopped until he scored the touchdown – that shows me that a guy's still got fight in him. Um, he'll go up against Tremaine Johnson, who is a smaller guy that struggles to make open field tackles. So if they can get the ball in his hands, it could be massive. Um, my tip, though, I'm taking the Cowboys by 10. I think they're just going to be way too strong at home. Their offensive line's going to bounce back. <laughs> yeah, shock I'm taking them. Um, they're going <laughs> to bounce back, and I think Zeke Elliott's going to have... Uh, he's my fantasy tip. He's going to have 100-plus scrimmage yards and a couple of touchdowns. He's due for a big game. Uh, it's hard to keep a, a good running back down, especially when he's running behind that good and offensive line. Agreed. Um, the Rams look very, very good this season. They look to have improved on all facets of the game. But at the end of the day, it's at Jury World. Ezekiel doesn't have a, a string of bad games together. Um, he's looking to bounce back, and, and let's hope Des Bryant just finds that form that has made him such a good player for so many years. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, that that brings us to the end of our review show. Uh, sorry, our preview show. Chipper, thanks for joining me. Um, as always, you're a outstanding. You know, I love that you keep putting the Dallas Cowboys in your tier A. You keep doing stuff like that, mate, and you can go a long way for the Vault Studio. <laughs> you're very welcome, James. <laughs> um, what what's the plans for Grand Final Day? Um. I'm actually um, heading back home. I'm from Geelong, so I'm going to um, have a couple of uh, have a couple of beers with the family and watch the game. Um, it would have been great if, if Geelong made it. Um, that way, I would have been at the game. But I want to get as far away from Melbourne as possible when Richmond are playing because you never know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to stay safe and sound. What about you, James? Uh, I'm actually going. I've managed my my old man managed to get a couple of tickets for his MCC right. life member. So pretty exciting. I think you know I'm not a I'm not a Richmond or I'm a Carlton fan, unfortunately. But I think anytime you can go to a grand final, it's pretty exciting stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think we we can all say go Richmond. Richie, who's uh, the other guy here, is a, a Richmond fan. So I think we're all going to say go Richmond. But yeah, I think if they Win or lose tomorrow, I'm going to be getting out of the MCG pretty quickly. Yep, all the best for Richie. Good luck. I've said good luck so many times to all my Richmond fans this week. I've lost count. Um, the amount of times I've heard the Richmond theme song. Um, but, yes, all the best to them. Let's hope they can break that hoodoo. And everyone that's around the Richmond area or at the MCG, please stay safe. Beautiful. Well, thanks again, mate. And, uh, guys, you can hear me. I'll be on SEN at 5.30 on Sunday night. So get some questions in. Get some phone calls in. Um, and help help me out for half an hour so I can <laughs> I can answer some questions and as always Chipper thanks for joining us and hope everyone enjoys the show and we'll you'll hear us next week see you later thanks for listening to the NFL podcast brought to you by the Vault Studio you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud for more head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au and for the latest news. Search for The Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter. Love you, Jerry.